Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create your own MFR business, how to have one, and what to do to get started. Each week, we will discuss practical ways to create a business that keeps you from under-earning and burning out. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Over 10 years ago, I decided to change my massage practice to MFR only. I became fully booked and have enjoyed years of success helping people to get out of pain and return to active lifestyles. I'm here to help you do it too, even if you live in a tiny town and even if you've never had a business before. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast. I am your host, Heather Hommel. And today I have with me a very special guest, Linda Silva. She is a private coaching client of mine and a fellow myofascial release therapist who is just starting her business in myofascial release. And we are about 11 weeks into coaching. And a couple weeks ago, Linda contacted me. We were working on some belief work and she had a major breakthrough and I thought that this would be such a fun experience to share with listeners because I, I see this happening more and more with my private coaching clients. They're getting to a certain point and they're having a breakthrough of becoming fully booked. And it has a lot to do with things that you wouldn't think it does, such as kind of how you're believing about whether or not you can become fully booked. So Linda, welcome to the podcast. Please tell us a little bit about you. Thank you, Heather, for having me. I am Linda Silva, and I live in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. I am a myofascial release therapist. My business is Align Myofascial Release. I have been in the healthcare field for over 40 years, over 30 years of being a physical therapy assistant. And after taking my first MFR course in 2016, I believe, MFR1, I was sold from the moment I um, left there, I started doing my fascia release on every patient and client I saw. And I decided um, then that I wanted to do my fascia release. The glitch was that I was a PT assistant and I could not do that without having a registered therapist to oversee me. So it took me several years to commit to going to massage school. And, but finally I decided that is what I needed to do in order to open this business and to be on my own and give the gift of my pressure release. So in 2019, when I graduated from massage school, I started my business, so to speak, from home. My husband made me a space in the basement. I have a walkout basement, so we have access for wheelchairs and everything. Um, So we um, started and then COVID hit and I was taking care of mom. And then we placed mom in January and I decided to open my business again in February, which was perfect timing when I think Heather's book came out like in February or early March. It came out like right at the beginning of the year. Yeah. 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 So at least that's when I found it was in February or early March, right? When I was ready to start opening up again and and trying to figure out how to start this MFR business. Mm-hmm. Thank ah. you. Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I was digging around because I don't know if people know this or not, but I do a 12 week coaching intensive program where it's one-to-one coaching for the 12 weeks. And so far, everyone in that period of time has 
gotten to the point where they can become fully booked, they're starting to become fully booked, or they have become fully booked. So I was looking back and I think we started, we first talked like March 8th, and I think we started coaching March 10th. So here we are in June. So it hasn't been very long. And then also it feels like I've known you for a long time. We get to know each other kind of fast. So it's exciting to see you at this point. And I was kind of looking through past messages that we sent this weekend where you had this breakthrough. I hope that you remember this as a breakthrough as much as I do. Um, You were saying you wanted to become fully booked and you just didn't quite understand why it wasn't happening because you believed that, that it would, right? And so I asked you on a scale of one to 10, what your actual belief was for getting fully booked in the next week. And I think this was like on a Friday and you had you're transitioning your mom to a nursing home on Monday. So you were like, well, for next week, I think it's totally out because I have all these things going on. Right. So I was like, well, just answer the question. Like, what is your belief? (laughs) What is your belief number on a scale of one to 10 for next week? And you said it was like a two or a three. And I think your schedule for weeks and weeks had been reflecting two or three people. Right. Right. Yeah. Four to five. Yeah. 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 Four to five. Yeah. Two, three, four, five. It had been going up, but it wasn't increasing the way you wanted. And you you're thinking, right? It was like your marketing or your messaging or not meeting people and all these things, right? Correct. So then when I brought it to your attention that it was actually what you were thinking about being fully booked, you went right to work on changing your thoughts about being fully booked. Do you remember that conversation? I remember. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And then, so you worked on that and you, you really could see the thought error there about being fully booked and you did the work to change that belief. And I believe that the next day or two days later, you let you message me and you said you had nine people on the schedule for that week where you thought it would be impossible for you to be fully booked just from time constraints. Right. Yeah. And your fully booked number is 12 people. Everybody's fully booked number is going to be different. Everybody charges different. Like none of that matters. It just matters. That's your number, 12 or 13 people. And then, and then you were able to carry that through for a couple of weeks, right? So then the following week, I ended up with 13 clients. (laughs) So I became fully booked plus one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So -hmm. tell me a little bit about your thoughts how did that feel to have that happen the first time? And then the second time, what were you thinking and what were you feeling? Well, in order to get to that place, I just want to reflect because what I really felt was the biggest breakthrough was I had written down you know, that weekend you talked about when I, it, you know, I finally got it or was able to get to it. I wrote down what fully booked would feel like to me. I couldn't get to that feeling part. Mm-hmm. And you kept saying, well, you, you know, you need to, what would it feel like to be fully booked? And I couldn't understand what it would feel like. So one day I was able to say, okay, I'm just going to write down what it was something about fully booked. And I did, and I made this list. And when I was making it, I felt fully booked. Yeah. I felt good. I felt like, wow, this is what I want to feel like. Do you have, so do you have really, a list with you? I do. Let's hear it. Well, some of it's repeat, but it's, but that's part of the process, right? More money. I didn't think it was about the money, but that was the first thing that came to me was I wanted to make more money. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't want to make more money? I wanted to make more money. So more money, more money, more clients, more fun, more joy, helping more people, learning more, 
more money, more freedom, more clients, and then more money, more money, helping more people, <laughs> working from home, yeah, taking more courses, being able to travel, right? You know, helping with the home stuff, you know, bills and stuff, and then keeping fully booked, and then making it easy breezy instead of difficult. Yeah, and that yeah. just opened up the door for me as far as feeling it and believing it. Like this is how what Heather was talking about. You want to feel. What would it feel like? Yeah. So like feeling it ahead of time, like what is the feeling you're hoping to get by being fully booked? Some people think once I'm fully booked, I'm going to feel confident. I'm going to feel more secure in my skills or more legitimate as a therapist. And I want to tell you ahead of time, like you have to create that for yourself. No one action or thing is going to create that for you. Right. And I think you've experienced that now too, where you get fully booked and then people like need to reschedule or they need to cancel or, you know, like life just happens and continues to keep happening for people. So there's always going to be that it's part of the nature of our business where people cancel or reschedule. And then our minds are going to want to say like, well, what's wrong with me? Or is this a fluke or what's gone wrong here? And you're chasing a feeling that you thought you would get from being fully booked, right? Like either confidence or exhilaration or excitement or whatever it is. Does any of that ring true for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So becoming fully booked one week, even then, I mean, it felt good to be fully booked and it felt good to make more money, but then there's other things that come up during fully booked. It's like keeping everybody straight and being able to keep up with fully booked physically and and mentally and emotionally. So that was it wasn't a big challenge, but it was a challenge having not worked for so long, you know, in the business. Yeah. And then didn't you even like worry a little bit about, do you have enough time to be fully booked? Like you were used to having more freedom and more free time or open space, even though you had scheduled hours. It's like, what is that feeling when suddenly you are actually seeing clients and you don't have all of that freedom? Right, right. That's another challenge that I'm working on too. And one of the things you coached me on is really start scheduling time for the business stuff because just seeing clients is not everything about the business. There's still the marketing, there's still the the money part, the finances and figuring that out and you know, just all the little things, incidentals. Uh, and also like the mind management part too, where what is my mind doing? What am I thinking? Where am I chasing squirrels? (laughs) What am I worrying about? You know, because when you have a lot of time freedom in the day where you're not seeing patients, then maybe you would take more time on purpose to think about what you're thinking and do models like we teach you how to do and really understand what thoughts are coming up and what feeling that's creating, what actions you're taking from that feeling and what the result is. And sometimes when you're busy with patients, you kind of put that stuff to the side, like, oh, I don't really need to do that because I'm so busy and I, I have everything I want now. I have all the patients, so I'm I'm good. Right. But when we put the thought work off to the side, then it can kind of create more and more stress where we aren't taking care of the things we need to be taking care of within our business when we have time to do it and we aren't scheduling the time to do it. Correct. Yeah. All right. So let's go back a little bit. Um, can you tell the listeners what your business was like before we started working together? So let's go way back. 
back in January, February, when I was trying to get my business started again, it was basically seeing family members. You know, I was charging like so minimal just to get my hands on people and just to like try to get the business started. Let's, and I also thought that these people were going to refer clients, new clients to me. That wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you thought they would refer to you? Well, I thought that they would feel better and that they were going to spread the word and that they would, you know, say, oh, go see Linda. She can help you. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't happening. And that's one of the coaching things that you coached me on was it was my responsibility to get clients and attract, I like the word attract clients. And when you said that to me, it was painful. And I really did think that it's going to be more word of mouth and I'm not going to have to do a lot of the marketing kind of things. But I had to take a lot of time with that. And it's not that I don't like responsibility, but I don't like the sales part of the job. And I know that is a big part of it. And I'm growing into that role now, which I really love. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting better at it each time I practice it. But at the time, I really thought, how am I going to do this? How am I going to attract 12 clients a week, try to maintain them, Or if not, then I have to attract another, you know, every week. So I needed a little break. I think I ended up taking a week off from our coaching because I needed to process that. Mm -hmm. And I was able to, you know, again, it wasn't the responsibility part. It was like, how am I, you know, I just needed time to figure out. Yeah. I think I said something to you, like we were talking about that, like how will clients find you? How are clients going to be created in your practice? And yeah, you brought that up. You're like, well, these people should be referring to me. You know, I'm seeing them and I'm doing a good job and they're getting results. And I think I said to you like, well, should they? Is it up to your clients to create more clients for you? Right? Right. Which was harsh, right? It was like, oh. <laughs> it, was. it felt harsh. It wasn't harsh. You didn't say it in a harsh way, but it felt harsh. Yeah. Yeah. But then like instead of shutting down and feeling sorry for yourself, like you sat with it. And then you went to work. And then I went to work. Yeah. And you've been creating posts on social media. You've been posting on the Nextdoor app. You've been posting in Facebook groups that allow that for you to advertise for yourself. And you came up with all of those ideas, like basically on your own, because you just decided like, well, where can I find people? Where can I meet people? Right. And one of the things that I thought a coach would do was help with the marketing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... That is far from what Heather teaches. (laughs) She's not coaching me on how to market. Yeah. I mean, you can like learn that anywhere, right? Like there's all kinds of guides out there on what you should be doing, whatever. Right. But a lot of this isn't even where you should post or what you should say. It's really like, how do you feel about this ahead of time? What are you thinking about yourself? And how do you think you're going to feel when you have what you want? How can you create that ahead of time to get to get it now before you even have the result? Because we're asking that of our MFR patients when they come to see us, we are asking them to believe in the result that they're going to be getting before they even really understand what MFR is and even before they know what's possible. That's a very good point. I really like that point. It really is true. Yeah, it's true. So 
when you can get really strong and secure in why you're doing this and what your reasons are behind it, it also helps you to then sell myofascial release, which most people that come to me looking for coaching don't want to be salesy. They don't want to be convincing. You know, nobody wants to feel like that, be in that kind of energy. It doesn't feel good. But when we leave it up to the patients to decide when they should come back or if they should come in for treatment or how many treatments they should have, like really leaves it open-ended for someone who doesn't have any expertise in myofascial release, making a decision about their health. You know, when you go to a surgeon, the surgeon doesn't ask you what procedure you should have. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. That's so, yeah. Okay. So back to when you were deciding to come for coaching, what were you thinking? I'm assuming you had read my book and then you were like, Heather will teach me how to market on Facebook or what were you thinking? <laughs> Heather will find me clients no matter what. Yeah. I'm just going to. So I did, I bought your book. I was thrilled. And I, I think I read it cover to cover that day and did the workbook part. And then I saw that you did that free, you know, one hour coaching session to see if you wanted to be coached. And that's was the clincher for me. It's like, why would I want to try to reinvent the wheel? What don't, you know, I really, I don't want to take years and years and years and years to figure this out because that's what it would take because I would have so many of the emotional things come up that would stop me. Yeah. And then it would take time away from building a business. And then until I could get back into that emotional high again, and then start up again, it would be too much of a roller coaster ride. So I said, I am going to hire Heather after our first coaching. Mm-hmm. You after know, that, what is possible call? What is possible? Yeah. 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 So fun. The book got me started, at least. It got me started with the programs, the computer programs and stuff, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Oh where you don't really need to pay somebody for that information, right? Like it's, it's all in the book. All the basics are in there. Right. But you've helped me tweak some of the, you know, the things that I, because I'm not that technical. (laughs) You think that, but you've been doing really good. I love it. Well, I, well, it's inspired me to, to, to work on it and not be afraid of it too. That has, I've been inspired because I am passionate about the work and I am passionate about the business. So I don't want to let those things stop me from growing in my business. So, yeah. And I think too, you've like started to look at things in a different way where you understand the reasons why behind a lot of these things that maybe you didn't want to do and you aren't afraid to feel dumb or to feel like insecure trying something out before you're good at it. Same with like, I've said this before, like being willing to talk about MFR when you aren't sure exactly how to talk about it, like being willing to be like terrible at it so that you can get better at it. Yes. Yeah. Just being willing to feel humiliated or being willing to feel kind of stupid or what, whatever the feeling is that you're afraid to feel, just being willing, just being open to it. Right. And then you get better and better. Like it comes out of your mouth one way, one time. And then you're like, uh, how can I do this better next time? Right. Right evaluate it and do better next time. Right. So, right. Okay. So let's talk more about why we're really here today. And it is really to celebrate that you, you were able to go from having four or five people a week to going to fully booked. You did that basically over a weekend when you decided that's what you wanted. Right. I did. 
And you used belief work to make that happen. That's exactly what I did. So once I was able to come up with that feeling Mm -hmm. of being fully booked, Mm -hmm. I was able to then get clarity and do the models of what it would feel like to be fully booked and what, uh, what is it? The circumstance, the thought. So I changed my, I kept changing my thought is really what I needed to do. Like I can become fully booked. It is happening. Yeah. Those kinds of Wasn't there one thought in there too? I was reading back through our messaging. So you did a thought download basically where you made that list of all of the thoughts that all the things you wanted to feel if you were fully booked or imagined. And the more money kept coming up for you. And that bothered you at first because you thought that was a problem. You're like, I'm not motivated by the money. Like this isn't about money, blah, blah, blah. But when you did a thought download, it actually is kind of about the money because you want to be a contributor to your family's income. And you want, you have some very specific things you want to be doing. You want to be able to go to seminars. You want to finance your life. Right, right. And the money thing is so like, I didn't want to charge people more money, you know, in order for me to have that life, I guess. But, but when we do the actual money work, I charge a hundred dollars an hour. I am not making a hundred dollars an hour. I'm making far from a hundred dollars an hour, Yeah. but in my mind, what I think the client is thinking is where I'm paying her a hundred dollars for this, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So then you better like overperform. You better like basically give a massage so that they're impressed that you got to everything. Right. Absolutely. That's what the mind wants to think. And it's really, it's, that's the work. The work is switching gears like that. Yeah. Those thoughts. And also like having your own back, like being willing to say out loud, like, actually, yes, I want to earn money and not make it mean anything bad. Like, it's totally fine. If you want to earn money, you're in business. Like you're in a business, you're not in a job where you're, you're working. And I feel like a job stands for, especially if this is your own business, like just over broke. Right. Really. And that's, that doesn't feel good. And then you start to resent people. But when you are getting paid a livable wage and you are able to finance your your lifestyle, how you want to lead it, and you are able to continue to get the educational classes that you want to take through MFR seminars or or whatever it is, you aren't resentful then of the work that you're putting into the world. You love what you do even more. And so then you just create more of that good feeling out into the world. And I think that that then attracts people into you it puts out that like unicorn body odor (laughs) or the rainbow body odor that just like calls all of the people that would want to be treated by you into your office. Cause it's just emanating out of you. It shows up in, in the things you say to people in your willingness to offer to help people and into the words that you put into like the posts that you would put on your social media posts. It it talks directly to those people that are looking for you for what you have to offer. Right. Instead of feeling shy or icky about it. And then just like not saying anything and making it your patient's responsibility to come to you. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Belief work is not hard, but I feel like sometimes it is complicated to paint the picture for other people. Basically what I had you do was write down what you wanted, right? You wanted to be fully booked. That was your goal. It seemed impossible at the time. 
And so we just said like on a scale of one to 10, what number 10 would be basically like it's happening or it has happened. Like, where do you fit in there on your belief for being fully booked? And your number was like your first reflexive answer was five. And your result line, if we were to create a model, like the result line was you had five clients. And when I pointed that out to you, you were like, what? (laughs) Right. Right. Because your your thought and a belief is just a practice thought, very well practiced. It's become a belief. Mm -hmm. Always that line, the thought line always shows up in your result line, no matter what, no matter how much we try for it not to. Right. Right. So that's the difference between like having a goal, but not really understanding how much you believe in the goal and not understanding why you're getting the result of five clients instead of fully booked. And then the extra step where you're like, what do I actually believe? And then not beating yourself about beating yourself up about what the act, what the number is. Right. Right. Just being like, okay, well, if I'm a five out of 10 for next week, what do I feel about the next week after that? Or what is my belief level in seven clients? Where am I at? What is it in eight? And just figure out where you're at and like, just take it into little chunks like that. And then you can kind of soothe yourself and walk through the process in a way that feels good versus just adding on pain or beating yourself up or telling yourself you're not doing a good enough job. You should have it figured out by now. Right. Right. It did get easier when I had nine clients. And then I believed wholeheartedly that I was going to be able to get three more and get fully booked. And instead I got four more and got, you know, overbooked. (laughs) So yeah. So be careful what you wish for. Right. Yeah. It was like, Oh, I know what, you know, then I believed it. I wholeheartedly believed it. You said, what is your belief level of you getting 12 clients? And I, at that point it was a 10. It was, then it turned into a 10 just overnight practically. Right. Even before you had the result. Even before I had the result. Because you turned to attend, like the result was inevitable. I think there's three stages of belief. There's um, disbelief. And then you like are kind of believing. And then it's like inevitable that it's happening. So. Yeah. That's one of the words I kept using. It's inevitable. Or one of the phrases. It's inevitable now. It is totally inevitable. Yeah. I, I, I was at a six. I got to a nine. So it's inevitable that I'm going to get to 12. There's no doubt in my mind. I love that. Yeah. See how excited you get when you even just like that. I know. I have like goosebumps. (laughs) And when when your brain switches from this is impossible to maybe it's possible to this is happening to it's happened. It's a very wild ride and how fast that can be. And it all just depends on your willingness to go through the process of really facing what you're thinking head on. Like, you know what you're thinking, but sometimes you just don't want to say it out loud or you don't, you don't want to write it down because you're worried you're not going to be nice to yourself if you, if you know the answer. And that's the difference between just positiving. Is that even a word? Like just white knuckling and being positive and saying affirmations along the way versus actually doing the work to believe it ahead of time. Feeling it and believing it. Yeah really putting those two together Mm -hmm. because I really didn't believe it till I felt it. Yeah. And then once you felt it, it's like, you couldn't shake it off. I couldn't stop it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then let's talk about, so you've been fully booked for a couple of weeks and 
you kind of had a worry, like, well, what am I going to do to keep this going? So that's where your believability level, like started to waver a little bit. It did. It did. It's totally normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little more about that. And like what you're thinking and feeling. Cause you're, you are like, you're so gracious to come on here and share your story with us. Cause you were literally like right in the middle of all of this and you don't know how it turns right. out. Right. I mean, I could tell you the end of the story is Linda is fully booked. I know that that's the end of your story, but we're in the middle of it right now. Linda is going to live happily ever after. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So after being fully booked and having like 12 and 13 clients, then going back down to, well, I, you know, I think I was going to be fully booked again, but then, mm-hmm. you know, people canceled. It was like three or, you know, and then I'm like, oh, now I'm not fully booked anymore. Cause I, so then I took like a nosedive. Yeah. Emotionally. But it was really only three people. It was only three people. Yeah. And that was the thing. I wasn't looking at it as only three people and nine is still pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, but it took <laughs> that process of feeling that pain of like, what just happened? You know, I went from fully booked in one, you know, at this day, and then the next day, all these people are canceling. Mm-hmm. And then, so I felt that I let myself feel that and allow that to process. And then I realized I want to be present for the. What about the nine clients that are coming? I want to be present for them. I want to give them MFR. I want to give them the best treatment I can give them. Yeah. I can't be thinking about those people that aren't coming or decided not to come. So that was a big aha moment too. Mm-hmm. It really was. I really thought that was a good breakthrough as well. Yeah. And just learning like you are here totally in service of those clients that want to be on your table. Yes. And you're also in service of the people that are coming Yes, and the people that have already been there, but your main focus is on the people that have arrived. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I had two new clients and it was exciting to have two, you know, yeah. and it's, and all the other ones that keep wanting to come back. Right. It's easy to miss out on like what's right in front of you when you keep thinking like this isn't good enough or it should be a different way. Right. And actually it all works out well. And I am thrilled to have nine clients. Honestly, it's, yeah. it's not a big deal. Right. Nine clients this week, but like probably 14 next week. I know right? with a stick, you're going to have a week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I love how you're learning to really ask great questions for your clients to really get to know and understand why they're there and what their goals are and what they want so that you can serve them even better, not just run them through like a mill, like you treat everybody the same, but really understand why they're there and what their expectations are so that you can be the leader and the expert in the room because you are whoever the therapist is, regardless of if you've had one class or you've had 20 in that room with that client, you are the expert and you need to lead the session. And that's also where you've been stepping up and creating confidence for yourself in your skill level. That is so true. It's been a journey, you know, and being a physical therapy assistant for over 30 years, I felt very confident Mm -hmm. in that skill. I could communicate like nobody else. And then I become my own boss and all of a sudden I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. Um, But that was the other part of the coaching that I, that was really helpful to me is to learn how to communicate in it about myofascial release and 
how long it is going to take. I didn't know how long it was going to take when I first started. I didn't know that they only needed, I thought they only needed one, two, maybe three sessions and then they'd be on their way. Right. But that's not true. And they do need more. And I'm learning to share that with them. And I have, I don't know how many clients now that have been coming for eight weeks at least and still coming. So, and other people that are committed to it as well, like they are ready there. And those are the clients I'm attracting Yeah, because these, it's like, I'm ready, Linda, I'm ready. I need, you know, (laughs) I'm like, all right, you came to the right place. So fun. Yeah. So not only are you becoming fully booked, but you're getting fully booked with people that want to be there and want to be there for more than one session, or maybe they don't even know that when they come, but you're, you have the language to educate them, to let them know that they're, they're stuck with you for a while. They are, whether they <laughs> like it or not. Yeah. And if they break up with me, well. <laughs> then there's, then it's just going to leave room for a new person. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's so true. fun. I love it. It's been so fun to watch the transformation, not only with you, but like other people, I have a few other people like in the same stage as you. And you guys are all hitting these milestones around the same time. And it's so fun to see that confidence boost, the belief level skyrocket. Just once you've kind of had all the lessons and all the little training along the way, and then it kind of all clicks in and you just are ready to go. So that's really fun. Right. Right. I think it was our second session that I started crying as soon as I got on the phone or on the Zoom call with you. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was 10 weeks, you know, whatever it was, 11 weeks, 10 weeks ago, I was crying. Yeah. I was like, so overwhelmed. And so like, I, I don't even know what it was about. Probably my computer. I don't know. Yeah, I can't <laughs> remember. computer either. wasn't working. Everybody cries because you know? we're all human. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wow, where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think too, like when you have a big goal of creating a business and we all think when we come into it, I should just say that I'm going to be an MFR therapist, have a space to do it and have my door open and have a massage table. And like, it should just all work out. Well, should it, (laughs) is that how it goes? You know, not usually, but that was, yeah, that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. I thought it was. It's easy to look at other people's practices that have been doing it for a long time, but some people, even to be where you've gotten in 10 weeks, like sometimes that takes one to two to three to four to five years. Right. That's a long time. Right. And that's what I didn't want. Right. Right. And on top of that, they don't work on why are they so miserable? Why is this taking so long? What can they do differently? They just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Eventually things work out if you stick with it long enough, but why go through that torture and pain and not have the skills to evaluate what's going well, what's not going well and what you could be doing differently, right? Instantly. Like you could do that evaluation with every client. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of people would quit, you know, at the beginning stages in the first year Mm -hmm. without this kind of work without, I think that belief system and that model that you use, mm-hmm. it would be so easy to quit Yeah, for sure. So this was great um, for me. Awesome. To learn. Yeah. Well, all these tools, I have a lot of tools in my toolbox on how to 
Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you learn the model, which is a tool that I learned through life coaching school. It's created by my mentor, Brooke Castillo. And it's basically a thought model, how you use your, how thoughts create feelings and feelings then create the actions that you take. And then that ultimately gives you whatever result, whatever the byproduct is of that going on inside you. Most people think that the circumstance or whatever is happening around them, whatever happened creates the thoughts and feelings. And so they're completely controlled by all of this external, all the external things in the world that we can't control. We can't control our circumstances, but we can control everything we think and feel to a point, you know, to whatever we want to allow to take over us unintentionally. And then we have the choice and the option to intentionally think about things. So that I think is where we regain our power. It's just another tool. I think it works so good with myofascial release and just for us as therapists, how we see the world and how we function in the world. But to have this other tool to see like, hey, I'm creating something that feels terrible. Like, is there another way? Is there another option? And just being able to, to look into that is so is so fun. It is fun. It was fun. I wasn't sold on that model at first, but <laughs> now it's almost like second nature. Now it's like, that's what I think of. Yeah. Okay. This is the circumstance. Yeah. What are my thoughts? Yeah. What am I feeling? It comes automatic yeah. and you're like, okay, so I'm thinking this and I'm feeling this. I hate feeling like this. So why am I thinking this? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was fun and it made it fun and it made it more clear as, you know, as I learned how to use it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's to many, many more years of being fully booked. Thank you. (laughs) Not too many years. I want to retire someday, but yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, let's create the biggest business you can handle so that when you do retire, you go out with a bang. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Cheers to that, I say. Yes. Awesome. So I just wanted to, before we go, I was going to say like you, I wrote down kind of your stats here. You started out in February. In March, you created 13 clients. April, you created 18. And in May, you created 22. And already in June, you've seen almost that much, right? Right. When I was looking at the numbers today, so in May, I made Mm $2,100. And by the end of this week, I will have made... So the first... First week in June. First week in June, I I will have made $2,100. Yeah. By booking... That's awesome. These clients. Yeah. Yeah. So you've already doubled your, or you've already created your May income the first week of June. Yes. And you have the whole rest of the month. Right. So that is very exciting. Yes. It happens fast. And once you learn how to do it and you're on that rebooking machine, you, you know how to do it. <laughs> right. All right, Linda, thanks for joining me today on the MFR Coaches Podcast. For anyone that's interested, um, Linda's contact information is going to be available in the show notes. So any therapists in her area that want to get on her schedule, get on her schedule or send her some clients if you have clients vacationing over there or moving. All right, everybody, have a great week and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the MFR Coaches Podcast. Check out my book, The MFR Coaches Guide to Having Your Own Myofascial Release Business. Autographed copies are available at my website, www.themfrcoach.com. Kindle version and print also available on Amazon. 
follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The MFR Coach for more info on today's topic. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.